But the US dollar for me has, it's a little bit out of control. And I don't like to see that. I like to see a dollar, which is, you know, in my line of business, because I like the prices of metals and commodities, I want to see a very weak dollar because that makes the prices of what I do go up. A lot of people don't talk about the strength of the US dollar. It's an absolute BS situation because the US dollar shouldn't be going up. The US, in my mind, is completely broken in the financial system. The Fed have they have two left feet. These guys don't know which way to go. They don't, I mean, they don't know the difference between their ass and their elbow. They are they're actually, it's actually a bit of a comical joke when you see what what you know the fact that these guys were missing inflation when they did now it's the only thing they're talking about we wouldn't we wouldn't be here if unless they addressed it six months prior to when they actually finally admitted in december that it actually was a problem but this lack of call it understanding call it alertness from the fed has created this problem that we're in now Welcome to this RTD interview. Today, I'm excited to have returning guests, Mr. Jonathan Moore, the CEO and director of Star Peak Mining. Today, Mr. Moore is joining us to share his thoughts on the economy, precious metal space, as well as the mining sector. So, Jonathan, welcome back to RTD interviews. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I appreciate you taking time to join me. As I mentioned beforehand, looking forward to finding out what's happening on your end. Lots of things have uh, changed since we last spoke. It's been uh, over eight or nine months, so I love being able to catch up with previous guests and just get an update. But uh, before we dive into that, since then, the audience has grown a little bit. Uh, if you don't mind, can you share with us a bit of your background and how you got to this point in your career? Uh, absolutely. Um, so my background is is in the financial markets. Uh, I was a originally a stockbroker up in Canada for a large independent brokerage firm by the name of Canaccord Capital. Uh, it's now, I think, by the name of Canaccord Genuity. It's, it's, it's actually got quite a large present, presence in the United States now. Um, but I started out at a very young age and, and took a liking to the resource market, mining, metals, even oil and gas. Uh, you know, We did a lot of those transactions when I was a lot younger. Uh, I got very lucky in 2008 on a transaction, and that gave me the ability to to go on my own and and not have to worry you know worry about other people's money, but more or less just managing my own portfolio. And really, I took those tools that I learned at a young age and and I moved them into um, finding quality uh, resource type projects, be it mining, be it oil and gas. Right now, we're doing a lot of mining companies, and really just building them and taking them public. And I like the public model because you have instant liquidity. And I also like the model of listing these things on the Toronto Stock Exchange and then backhanding them into a US listing on the NASDAQ. So really you're, you know, you might know the term as a SPAC. We, we, we use it as a RTO or a reverse merger, but I'm, um, we've done a lot of transactions now and I'm probably just as busy today as, as I was when I was 28 years old, but I'm definitely having a lot of fun at it. Uh, if I could ever figure out what's going on with the market, I would probably have a little bit fewer or less gray hairs or whatever you want to call them on my head. But hey, listen, it's, it's, these are the times that people can make a lot of money. And it's not when things are rosy and flashy and everything's good. It's actually times of, of uncertainty and you get gyrations in the market. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is how, this is how people can really, really you know, make a stake and claim in life. So you know, I'm, I'm as frustrated as I am. I'm also quite welcome to it. 
All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for sharing that. And of course, you know, my grades is <laughs> within the last two years have also sprouted in places I didn't know I had them. But uh, but no, uh, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. So uh, you mentioned some concerns. And so my, a lot of volatility, a lot of things, a lot of headwinds out there. You know, what are some things that I guess is most pressing? What are you, what are you keeping an eye on the most that has probably the biggest uh, impact overall for you personally, as well as for your, your businesses as well? Well, I think looking at something which not too many people talk about. So, you know, it's fine to look at the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, you know, we've seen the prices of everything come off, off, you know, a lot of the NASDAQ stocks have crumbled, you know, down 50 per 50, 60% from their highs. Um, however, I'm more kind of looking at with a little bit of disbelief is the, the, is the price or the, you know, the U S dollar, the U S dollar for me has skyrocketed and, fine. We have interest rates being, uh, you know, they're being raised quarter basis point, 75 basis looks like another 75. It is what it is. But the US dollar for me has, it's a little bit out of control. And I don't like to see that. I like to see a dollar, which is, you know, in my line of business, because I like the prices of metals and commodities, I want to see a very weak dollar because that makes the prices of what I do go up. So that's kind of thrown a bit of a curveball at me over the last eight months since we spoke. So a lot of people don't talk about the strength of the U.S. dollar. Um, it's an absolute BS situation because the U.S. dollar shouldn't be going up. The U.S., in my mind, is completely broken in the financial system. The Fed have they have two left feet. These guys don't know which way to go. They don't. I mean, they don't know the difference between their ass and their elbow. They're they're actually. It's actually a bit of a comical joke when you see what, what, you know, the fact that these guys were missing inflation when they did. Now it's the only thing they're talking about. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if, unless they addressed it six months prior to when they actually finally admitted in December that it actually was a problem. But, you know, the, the, this, this lack of just call it understanding, call it alertness from the Fed has created this problem that we're in now. Now, like I said, we spoke eight months ago. We were probably what was that? And that what's it was it, what uh, I, August, August, uh, August of two thousand twenty-one. So around, think, around our time frame, things so, were pretty rosy. We were all yeah. quite comfortable. We all, you know, I think at that time I was I was waving the flag about inflation, saying, "Listen, open your eyes. This isn't going to end well." Well, here we are now, and we're in this situation. But I think. The only thing that I would like to, you know, to bring to people's attention, everybody can read the papers, but keep an eye on that U.S. dollar. It has to go down. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very interesting point there. And I'm glad you touched on the U.S. dollar. And so, the, you know, referring to the Dixie, the trade weighted basket of, you know, fiat currencies. And so as a part of the rethinking a dollar model, we talk about uh, just a long term future of the current fiat system in and of itself being the primary problem. And I guess as a result of the rest of the world crumbling as well, because it's not just an isolated event, you have all the other currencies that are more so weighted against or measured in, uh, you know, the, the standard, which happens to be the Federal Reserve note. And so as they're deteriorating, the dollar is strengthening. And so as you mentioned, that's a concern for you. And so I assume on the other side of that, it creates opportunity abroad as well for those who know how to take advantage of that. But, you know, in the end, I think, you know, once if and once the dollar uh, cools off and it comes down, a lot of people you know, on the alternative media side say that that could be the last of its reserve status for wh whatever that's worth. You know, what do you think about that if it cools off substantially the way that some people say it might? Yes, it's an argument that, you know, we are looking potentially at some sort of 
different standard. And albeit uh, we were talking maybe more of a digital type situation for a dollar. I'm a big uh, fan and and um, advocate for, say, a gold back system. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get that because it seems to me that the Fed is anti-gold. They are actually doing everything in their efforts, in my mind, to suppress the gold price. The shorts on gold bullion have never been greater than they are today. And for my lack of what understanding of that is, well, why would you be short something which is so obvious to go up in these times of uncertainty, in these times of inflation? This is when gold should be shining. So there is a bit of a disconnect there in terms of why we're seeing such big short positions against something which is so blatantly obvious. Now, another thing we can look at is the fact of crypto. Well, crypto has blatantly showed us in the last month that it isn't uh, digital gold. Okay, we've seen a, a complete breakdown. Um, I personally believe it's going to go lower before it goes higher. But I think it's 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 given me a little bit of comfort being such a gold supporter, metals type guy that uh, we have seen that there is this disconnect and crypto is not the new gold. It is actually something which you know, I believe that never was to begin with, but we're, we're definitely not seeing that, uh, that correlation. All right. I do agree. And so, you know, as we get into more of the, uh, uh, the issues with central banking pot monetary policy, uh, the tightening side of things, you know, they're dialing back doing something that is completely unprecedented while not supporting the economy, i.e. bond purchases monthly as that dials down, raising interest rates, as you hinted at, as well as looking to withdraw from the balance sheet, so that's never been done before in modern history. How do you think that will play fair out? And then how will that imp- you know, perhaps impact the markets? I, I don't think it'll be in a very good way, but what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think we're, we're definitely, everyone's so consumed and focused on just the interest rate uh, raises. That's really the, the instant heroin that people want to see in the market is interest rates. Everybody likes to see, you know, oh, rates are going up, rates are going down. I mean, that's really the the temperature gauge. And I think people forget about the fact that they're, they're, you know, lowering their balance sheets and they're not, they're stopping their bond purchasing programs. These are other factors that people have to understand are going on simultaneously, which is, which is, makes it even worse. But um, I think at the end of the day, I think the markets have reacted in a way where I think we factored in some significant rate hikes that we've seen. And I believe the next one, we'll see another call it 75 and in, in, uh, in, you know, next month basis points. But I think on that regards, in terms of the market, I think we are dragging near the bottom. I don't think we're going to see another 40, 50% correction in the, in the NASDAQ stocks. I don't think that's actually possible, but I do think it's going to rotate everything out of certain sectors. And I think that on that, on that note, I think we're going to see, you know, the, people aren't going to go back and start bottom fishing Netflix anymore and these types of companies. I think you're going to start to see people get smarter and start to allocate funds into more of a value or growth type situation. And my actual thought is you're going to see emphasis put into commodity-based companies. And, you know, we've already seen a nice spike in oil. Oil oil stocks have probably saved people's portfolios over the last two months, uh, you know, I, you know, without question, they've they've been the shining star. But I do think you're going to start to see companies and, and a lot of money flowing into 
into the into the big gold companies, the big silver, the big copper. I think that really is 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 really the next leg in this market. Um, it's always been an argument. A year ago, when we were, you know, putting our companies together, you know, how do you get someone to sell Apple at two twenty to buy your stock at you know five bucks? I mean, it's and you know us being resource backed gold type situation. It was always the argument. How do you get someone to rotate out of that space because? Everybody's competing for the dollar. Every, you know, it's not endless here. So if, if you know, so I think we're seeing that shift now as people are are lightening the load on all those, you know, high flyers we've seen for the last decade, and I think it's now spinning into this into this new space, which is only in the second inning. We have so mm-hmm. much more to go, and and I'm 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 positioning my portfolio. I have been for some time, but I think we're going to get rewarded for that big time moving forward. Right. So speaking of the, that, that transition or that pivoting point, you, you know, so you're saying that you can see people getting out of the things that have been overly inflated or promoted, i.e. the tech space and all the other aspects and really focusing on, I guess, you know, th- elements from the earth. So that's one of the things I've been trying to tell people, and remind people that, you know, tr- true wealth is found on the ground, in the ground and everything that comes from that is what you w- what we do with it. And so we've witnessed a commodity boom, I guess, a commodity super cycle and all types of other, you know, rare base metals or whatnot. And and so we've yet to see gold and silver. And so outside of the things that's probably keeping it down price wise, uh, you, you're saying that you're you're going to see you're seeing or going to see a shift into companies that produce things that come out of the earth is basically what you're saying. I do. I think it's uh, it's a cycle. We've seen it. His- we've seen it in the past. Uh, history repeats itself. I've always I've always said that. And um, really, the time the time that we're that we're looking at right now, this we're we're seeing it unfold bet- in front of our eyes. I mean, it's 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 not like a it's not an if type situation. It's just when you're going to start to see it, and and when you do see it, you know these things are already going to they're already going to probably be up ten or fifteen percent, and then people are going to catch on, and then it just catches another leg, and it just continues and continues and continues. Um, and then you're going to start to see speculation in these in these areas as well. So then, you know, not just the producers are going to be in play. Well, then you're going to start to see some of the, you know, these exploration type companies start to pop up and everyone's going to start speculating, speculating again, run it for four, five, six years. And then that space then comes off and then we go into something else. We're seeing it right now. And I said, history repeats itself. We've been through this before and we're doing it again right now. Now, in your opinion, does something have to break in order for gold to get above the 2000 mark and stay consistently and then silver to go above 30? Because it seems like 2030 is numbers I'm hearing that if it breaks it and, you know, there's no sky, there's no limit to how high type of thing. What are your thoughts? Well, I've been waiting for that breaking point for the last two years. And, you know, I don't know if if we haven't seen it in the last two years with everything that has unfolded and, every you know, every everything we've seen on the news from, you know, war to inflation to, you know, pandemic. I don't know if, if those things didn't break it, then I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. I think we've, we've just seen it and we've dealt with it. Now it's just a question of why isn't it doing what we think it's, why isn't it shining? Why isn't it, is it doing the obvious? So I don't think it's going to be an event because we would have had the event already out of the things we just mentioned, but I think it's just going to be this secular, turn of money flows it's going to start to start to come in people are you know we've already seen there's a lot of cash on the sidelines right now first off so i mean we're just waiting for it um inflation isn't going to be going away here anytime soon so i think when start people start to see it hit 
them in their pocketbooks and in their wallet, not just at the grocery store, but actually in their 401ks and in their value of what they have in the bank. I think that's when you're going to start to see people started to say, well, wait a minute. If I've got a million dollars in the bank and right now, well, essentially you're negative 90 grand at the start of the year or at the end of the year, whatever you want to call it, just sitting in cash. So what are you going to buy or what are you going to you know, put your money into, which is, is A, you're going to have some growth and B, it's going to protect your money. Well, it, it has to be in the metal space. It has to be in gold. It has to be in precious metals. It's right. just, it's an absolute no brainer. All right. Now, one of the, the divergences or the, the, the decoupling of the spot price from the actual get in my hand at this moment or put in my possession at this moment happens to be the premiums. So could you see the premiums being the difference maker? And the true price of what it what it what it would cost you to actually go get it physically because of all the you know the ETFs and things of that nature could that be a, a, a something that could eventually surface above ground to where people are like hey you know to go get a coin is this but yet on on the screen it says this I might uh, you know so that might could be that could be something that prolongs this as well would you think. I think it might. However, I think there's so many instruments to buy now for uh, exposure to these these metals that we've been talking about. And I mean, look at just right now. I mean, if you want to go buy physical gold bullion, the premiums are, are huge because there's a shortage. Well, if there's such a shortage of physical gold bullion to go and buy at your, you know, your at your at your uh, bullion counter or your exchange, whatever you're going to buy your wherever you're going to buy this stuff or your coins. I mean, shouldn't the price of gold be going up on that shortage? Well, it's not. And that's that's the part which it's 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 been completely manipulated. Now, I personally like to have exposure in these types of uh, areas through the public market. And the reason I do so is you're not paying that premium. You're buying something that's completely liquid. You can buy it, you can sell it in an hour if you want. I mean, or the next minute, it, it just, it's, it's, it's in your portfolio. And you can search and find things which have a direct correlation to that bullion price without having to worry about storage or safety or being ripped off or whatever it might be. So really, I, I, I urge people to, to look and do their homework and find ways that they can get exposure through the public marketplace. And by the way, I mean, with E-Trade and all these Ameritrades right now, you can purchase these things for, for nothing, no commission. And, and really, I think people should start to take advantage of that. All right. Now, now just fair enough. Let's, let's, so I'm curious to get caught up on what's happened on Star Peak Mining. So uh, as I mentioned, it's been several months, well over, well over, uh, well over eight months. I was just thinking about that. Those numbers in my head, but a lot, I'm sure lots of things have uh, gone on in your side. So give us an update for those that might be new to Star Peak Mining. Give us a little bit about, you know, just the origins and, and then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty. Yeah. Well, as you know, we made that uh, rather large discovery up in Quebec in the uh, VMS uh, deposit, which is a basket of copper, zinc, silver gold just a just a glorious mix up of of everything which gives everyone a full um exposure to all these metals that we're talking about we're, you know we're not just a gold player or a silver player it's actually a, it's you get everything but you know i'm a better company today than when i was a year ago and my share price is in half and you know you scratch your head and say well why well, you can't take it personally. You just look and you look at the market. You look at see everything around you. Now, if I was the only company that was in half and everyone else was up, then I'd probably not be sitting here. I'd probably be not managing or running the company. I'd be replaced. But it's across the board. And it's uh, like I said, you can't take it personally. Um, our drills are turning 24-7. We have two drill rigs that are going full bore. Uh, every day I'm building the resource, which is exciting because you know, the larger the resource is, the more value you are. And, and, you know, our exit has always been, let's prove this thing up to as big as it can possibly be. 
and then have one of these majors come in and, and liquidate you. That's, that's my business model. But, you know, we're drilling, we're hitting, things are great. Um, you know, we've only really touched the stuff on surface. Um, if people can remember, we purchased an old past producing mine that produced 10.1 million tons of zinc, copper, gold, and silver, uh, which is only 500 meters away from where actually we found our new discovery. And of course, then you have the behemoth Amex right beside us on the other side. And they're, they've got 10 drill rigs going. And I think they actually just, I think they're sitting on about 70 odd million in cash as well. So just huge activity coming to this area. And we're just going to keep drilling. And, um, you know, it gives me a lot of comfort to tell my story right now because of my price is at a measly, what are we trading at a 40, $50 million market cap, or I think I spoke to you last August, I was probably trading at 120 million. So it gives me a lot of comfort to tell my story right now because I'm, I really like the value. Um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not legally allowed to tell people or advise people about their portfolios because I'm not an advisor, but we, uh, we own a lot of the company. We continue to buy it. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that this thing is, it's, it's just, it's, we couldn't have created a better situation at a better time in this environment with a commodity boom in our mind forming and about to take off. We have exposure to every, every metal basically in here from precious to base metal. Mm. And I think it's a, it's a prime candidate for something to really do well in the time of, of, of this of this recession explosion that we're about to see. So we couldn't be happier. Right. So, so, you know, you said you had exposure to every single male, you know, precious metal as well as base metal. Yeah, so it yeah, puts yeah. you in a very, very unique position, I imagine. It is. And it's in a jurisdiction as well in Canada, which is very pro mining. It's very friendly. It's, you have production all over the place up there. This is in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt, which is Canada's largest uh, prolific mining area. Um, you know, very good tax uh, uh, incentives uh, for us. You have infrastructure, you have quality geologists. You know, my French is getting a little bit better day by day, I might add, because I do speak a little bit of French coming originally from Canada. But um, listen, it's, uh, you know, it's frustrating to see our share price do what it is. But again, I'm very comfortable with where it is. And, and I can really see this thing uh, taking shape in the, in the very near future. All right. Now, I guess, you know, given the fact that inflationary pressures, you know, energy concerns, I guess, you know, costs overall, how things are not in, are you guys, you know, able to, you know, maintain, do well and not oh, yeah. burn too much or? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty standard. I mean, we got our drill contract. We've got two rigs. Uh, we have exceptional geologists and that's, that's the main part, you know, out of every dollar we raise, I think 97% of that dollar goes directly into drilling, which is, a, which is exceptional. And, you know, we get rich by proving this thing up. And, and really it's so that the more, all we want to do is raise money for drilling and that's it. Uh, you know, when people look at looking at potentially buying, you know, gold or precious metal stocks in our case, zinc, copper, you get exposure to zinc, copper, uh, silver, and gold, you know, you want to make sure that these companies are actively drilling. Now, you know, we're not a major, we're not producing. What we're doing is we're exploring for it. We're proving up a discovery that we've made and, it's important that if people are looking to do this, well, you got to make sure that A, the company is funded and actually they're drilling and B, they got the management in place and, you know, th- and, 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 you know, obviously we tick all boxes, but, you know, the only way that I'm going to, you know, make this thing what it's potentially going to be is by drilling it out and keep drilling and keep drilling. And we've drilled now in a, almost a hundred thousand meters and our plan is to not stop drilling 
because we made that discovery, there's there's obviously money there for us to to develop it and get get this thing going. So it really is something that uh, stands out. And I urge people with caution, just or, or, or I caution people, just a lot of these things that we're going to start to see in the market now with, you know, I think with metals coming back in price, there's going to be a lot of crap out there. There's going to be a lot of companies that are speculators and, and, and say, oh, we've got this great property we're going to drill. Listen, be careful, do your homework, go with something that's, you know, you found a discovery, go with something that has money and go with something that actually are already drilling. Don't get, uh, you know, caught into all the, you know, the crap that comes out of Vancouver and all these places. All right. Sounds good. Well, Jonathan Moore, uh, I appreciate you for giving us an update. Uh, is there anything that I forgot that I should ask that might be important to the newbies in the mining space, you know, such as uh, myself? No, I mean, just uh, do your homework, uh, ask questions. You can call us anytime. Uh, our symbol on the Canadian market is Sam Tom Edward, S-T-E, Star Peak Mining LTD. It's star with two R's. And in the U.S., we're OTCQX, which is a senior listing on the OTC there. And the symbol there is S-T-R-P-F, S-T-R-P-F. And uh, yeah, good luck out there. Sounds good. Well, yeah, of course, that information, I'll have it down beneath the video as well. But uh, once again, John, thank you for joining us on RT Interviews. Definitely looking forward to catching up uh, well before then. And uh, yeah, definitely looking, you know, keep an eye on what you guys have going on. Thanks for joining us on RT Interviews. Hey, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it.